Rob, what's your Sunday Tiger red? Wow, Deej, that's a good question. Um, I think at this point, the bar is like exceptionally low for me. Um, so, I mean, in quarantine, like putting actual pants on, I think would constitute Tiger red. People think I mean business, but uh, in general, out of quarantine, I'm if I put on a collared shirt, which you know me for like, what, 15 years, you've probably seen me in a collared shirt, like maybe 20 times. If I have a collared shirt on, I probably mean business. Okay. Yeah. So when Tiger wears a Sunday red, Sunday red, we all know he's on the prowl, right? We know he's coming, he's hunting down his next opponent or he has a 16 stroke lead and everything's good, but he's going to wear the red on Sundays. So it's what you would have on maybe at a wedding or a big event in your life or, um, maybe like a job interview. Who knows? For me, it's a freshly clean shaven face all the way. You know, you get the cream going, you, straight razor or whatever the hell that's called and you're just freshly shaven you see me 100 percent down to the face i'm ready to roll i hear that clean shaven like with a razor is one of the worst feelings in the world like you're just taking straight up layers off your face you know what i mean that's like such a bad feeling so i get that you don't want to do that all the time it's got to be for the right occasion but afterwards when you're just you know you're stroking your own face feels amazing you know it's like shaving the back of your neck Right. You, you know, in between haircuts, us guys that aren't making six figs a year, uh, I don't even know if that factors in really, <laughs> in between haircuts, you want that back of the neck shaved to get it, you know, that nice line. You might not, you're not going to taper it, but maybe you get that nice line in between haircuts. You got to do it. Right. I hear that. I'm, I'm missing that feeling for sure. I got too much cabbage in the back. All right. Quick rundown of the show today. We start off with the pick six as always. We jump into the self-involved segment where we reveal our numbers from last week. So did we improve upon that 62, I believe, from last week in terms of our listenership? Film School of Hard Knocks, we got some good stuff there today. A new movie concept from me. And then a new segment with Rob called Know Your History. A little bit more on that later. And then we finish up with our cues from the fans. Starting with number one, Robbie, in great detail, describe your ideal watering hole. Wow, dude, this is like one of those deep existential questions. Like you and your buddies are sitting around, you're like thinking about, hey, man, if we had a bar, what would it be like? You know, you obviously think about it quite a bit. That's essentially this podcast, though. That's what we want this pod to be. Dude, this is meta, dude. Yeah, we're going beyond the script here. Uh, For me, I want the bar to be cheap. Um, I want like $12 buckets. And when I go to a bar, I'm not like a snobby beer person like there. I just want like the only beer preference I have is that if they have cold domestic and it's light and if it's in bottles, I'll take that. It's got to be cold. I want there to be a patio, need some live acoustic musician playing there at night. You got the string lights going. They're playing 90s hits, nothing but Goo Goo Dolls and Matchbox 20. Maybe throwing a country banger there when you're sitting on the patio. If there's darts, people can smoke them. I'm fine with that. Okay. And you know what? Just on the, on the food front, if you're sitting there for like more than three beers, you want some snacks. I don't want anything fancy. Just some shit thrown in a fryer. Give me some fries, wings, maybe a pizza. And I think I could die there. Yeah. How about the, the live music? Do you care about the quality of voice? It, it can just be some guy down the street, really, right? Yeah. As long as he's playing Goo Goo Dolls, we're fine. Like, it could be straight up shitty Goo Goo Dolls. Like, you could butcher name live on stage, and I'd be fine with it. Okay. All right. <laughs> I'll run down my list pretty quickly here. Feel free to, at the end, 
uh, call me out on any of these or ask further questions. Here's what I got. 50 to 75% capacity. The building has character. Over 10 drafts available. At least one beer below four bucks. So similar, you know, that's Cleveland based, but you could probably adjust that sliding scale to your city. Bartender is friendly in chats, but not over talkative. That's very key. A signature sandwich or dish on the menu where the bartender says, oh, you've got to try that. Oh, I like Clean that. bathrooms is huge in case you have the bird's nest. You know, you never know. Uh, TVs made in the last five years that are visible from a lot of angles throughout the bar. We don't want shit TVs in case there's a big game on or a small game that you might have uh, a little wager on. Dartboard is nice. Patios with tables that aren't wobbly. And then water's provided when you don't even have to ask. Boom. Have wow. a great afternoon. That sounds great. I'm with you on a lot of the stuff. The $4 beer I'm with, the bartender not being too chatty. And obviously I missed on the dartboard. I got a question to you about bartenders though. Like, do you care if bartenders are attractive? And it could be male or female. Like, do you care yeah. if it's like a good looking dude or like a hot chick behind the bar serving you beer? Is that a factor for you? Maybe back in the day, but you know, the best bartender experience I had is when we went up to uh, Lincoln Park Pub before all this Corona stuff. And uh, that guy was just like a, a chatty guy, but not overzealous. And he flipped on the game for us. That was when the XFL was popping. And that guy was like my ideal bartender, you know? And I think everyone loves like a pretty female, you know, you get to chat up. You feel like she's interested in you, all that bullshit. But I don't know, you're 29. I hopefully you can see through that a little bit. I don't know. Right. I'm only 28, but so I got a little bit of time, maybe if I'm not saying all the way through, but yeah, look at somebody you can engage in and make you kind of feel at home. Like you feel like you're welcome there. I think goes a long way. So I'm with you on that, dude. All right. Number two, send us in also, if you guys have anything on that we missed there, because creating that perfect ideal bar environment is tough. And who knows when I hit, you know, like if I hit like 500 K, well, maybe not, that's not enough. Like 1.5 mil, I'd love to open up a bar. I think it's worth it. Just hire all my friends for 100K and boom, I'm out of money in the first year. But it would be a hell of a time. Until you get John Taffern on the show and then, you know, you get money back into the business. I love it. Exactly. John Taffs. All right. Number two, uh, some of baseball's best sources, i.e. Jeff Passan. Now, I don't – do you use i.e. or e.g.? I think e.g. Technically, for example, IE is similar, but I'll have to look that up at a later date. IE is wrong. It's EG, but that's okay. fine. EG, yeah. Jeff Passan, uh, have leaked numbers behind baseball's uh, prorated salaries. How do these numbers make Robbie Law feel? You know what, DJ? It makes me kind of feel sad. I get there's a reason why those numbers get released, maybe by the players, by the owners. You know, they want infighting amongst the players. But I think the biggest takeaway that I have from this whole thing is how fucking dumb Major League Baseball is, right? You have a whole country like just captivated by sports. Like you watch that uh, Tiger Woods, uh, Phil Mickelson matchup did monster numbers on Sunday. You, people just want sports. You have like the return of baseball could be the biggest return since nine 11 where Mike Piazza hits that home run in New York. Mm-hmm. And you're squabbling over like as much as $4,000 a month for minor league players. Like how dumb can you be? Like you can gain an immense amount of goodwill with fans, get it back on the docket, get people back interested in baseball. And you're going to have a shit ton of return in the future years. Who cares if you lose a few bucks right now? Yeah, I, I'm thinking about it from the perspective of a player that's making crazy money, like in the 20, 
million dollar range. And it's easy to say to that person, oh, like, what's it matter? You're making 20 mil. Is it okay? It's fine if you make six this year. It's not going to kill you. All right. Put yourself in. Who's an example of that? Is Blake Snell making that kind of money? Because I know he's been kind of outwardly against this. Blake Snell's not making that kind of money. He's like on the lower end of it. Think about like Giancarlo Stanton making 30 mil this year. Yeah. I don't care how much you're making. If someone tries to take two thirds of your salary out of your pocket, it doesn't matter what that figure is. You are going to be pissed. And that's where the conversation ends. You're not going to, no, there's not a single person that's going to be, yeah, okay, I'm understanding. No way. Right. It's just not happening. Yeah. And I guess the other part is how bad is Major League Baseball that you don't have any cash on hand to be able to like get this thing started, right? Are you guys just like totally invested? And if you can't handle this financial burden, then sell some equity in your, in your, uh, in your company, just like every other company has to do and fucking play the games. Let's go. I've been buying 10, 11, $12 beers long enough to support this sport this year. I know that. I know you have too. Stay for the people in the upper deck, Deej. Yeah, I love that. Three on the pick six. Well said there, Robbie. You and I were talking the other day, and I know you've been running a lot lately, and you're in this running group chat, and you guys talk each other up, and you're in Strava. Is that the name of the app? Yeah, but they don't sponsor us. So don't sponsor, don't shout them out. Yeah. yeah. If you got a running app, and it's even if it's pure shit, we will we'll slap that baby on the greasy pod thumbnail. Uh, but right now they're using Strava. Anyway, um, I feel, and I know I was kind of ripping on you about the whole like fitness community and it's an easy community to rip on, but kind of taking more of an introspective look here. I'm wondering, am I a hater just because I'm not as motivated and these people simply look better than me? DJ, I get what you're saying with the fitness community. You're like, there's a lot of stuff about the CrossFit, like cult shit, like people talking about it. And that's the only people to hang out with. I don't think we're there, right? We're just running on an app. But I guess the question I have for you is how do you feel about book clubs? I would say book clubs, I am rather indifferent. Okay. So I think like people join book clubs because they want to read more, right? And I think it's the same thing with us. Like we don't like running. It's not something we like to do. It's not something we want to brag about, but it's something like we do it. So we run more collectively. For the most part, it's a pretty inclusive group. Nothing but good vibes. If you could run a half a mile in 35 minutes and you would get nothing but good vibes from us. Really? It's all about See, getting out there. I'm not used to that kind of love in any friend group I have. You run a 35 half minute mile, you are going to get your ass roasted. Yeah, but you can see like uh, we're running a little bit faster than that, right? Some people run more, some people run slower, and you're going to be motivated. Like there's that athlete, whatever, that died a long time ago inside of us, right? But there's that guy like inside of us telling we can do more and we want to do more because you see your friends are doing more. And I think that's all it is. So I'm in this this phase of life where I'm starting to think about like the push-pull of everything. So we do a podcast and I find so many of my conversations coming back to this podcast. Hey, you guys should have that on the cues from the Fs. And we have 62 listeners. And so if you're a fitness person that has committed 10 plus years to that and you are just ripped to shit and you're doing your thing, like who am I to hate? So how do you commit so much time to something and not talk about it? Right. So there's always a good with the bad. There's always a push and a pull. Right. You date the chick that's fun and wants to go out and drinking on Tuesday. She probably has a higher propensity to cheat on you. Yeah. Whoa. Okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I guess so. Yeah. There's, there's like a bandwidth of one to 100 and everyone equals 100. So the cult CrossFit people are 90 10, 
but they equal 100. Mm. I'm 50, yeah, 50 I guess, but then I'm just normal and everything. Yeah, I guess the other side to it too is like if somebody's passionate about something and they're not doing harm to themselves or others, why the fuck would you hate on it? Right. Like there's no reason like if somebody's passionate and they like putting their time into it and it's something that they can get through this fucking life enjoying. Let's not hate on it. Let's celebrate it, dude. You're happy. You're healthy. Not hurting anybody. Good to go. Try to remind myself of that going forward when I try to be a hater. Let me know on future pods when I'm being a hater. All right. You got it. Number four, Rob, are you a patio guy yet? If not, why? I am not a patio guy yet. Um, I, man, I really want to be a patio guy. It's fucking 80 degrees out. The sun's shining. I'm dropping a lot of F-bombs on this podcast today. And like, you just want to be outside. You want to drink cold domestic lights on a patio somewhere. But I, uh, I am living with people. And so like, it's kind of going to be a communal decision. And like, I'm exposing them to the same risk as if I'm out partying and shit like that. So I'm not there yet. And uh, hopefully I'm there soon, though. I want to be out there. Yeah, you're the responsible guy, and I I appreciate and respect the shit out of that. Me, I'm a little bit more exposed. I'm back to work in the office. People are pretty lenient, just to be truthful about some of this stuff. Um, So I would be a patio guy, am a patio guy, but um, keeping it – it's just tough because you got these pressures of obviously – restaurants are and bars are opening now but then you have like this whole other side of things where you feel sort of guilty but also the government is telling you it's okay so i'm at the point where i feel bad but not bad enough not to go right yeah like when i'm running around tremont oh did i tell you i'm in a running group dj i'm in a running group i run quite a bit yeah Uh, like when i like when i'm in tremont like going around walking anywhere and like seeing people like just having the time of their lives like they're probably not even having fun but in my mind like they're having the sickest time of their lives and like i'm jealous as hell I'll imagine this you walk up you go into a bar there's a menu there and you get to pick from a list of 25 draft beers and then they pour you this draft beer and then this draft beer is in a glass and it's cold and then you go mm. and sit down and then you drink it yeah, that sounds unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, I understand the premise of a bar, and like I've been thinking about that a lot. You know what I mean? Like, I love the idea of it, and I'm I want to be there, dude. Okay. Hopefully soon. All right, this summer we'll see you at uh, the local watering hole, High and Dry. They they liked one of our tweets or a sponsor. Yeah, what up? We love you guys. Any bar that's walkable, though, too. That's a, actually a huge one. If I if you live in a distance of a bar that you could walk to or city, that's amazing. That's like. Number one, almost. All right, five on the pick six. The NHL, if it resumes play, I don't know all the details here. I'm a headline reader. You know that. Yeah. It's going to skip the rest of the regular season, and 24 teams are in the playoffs instead of 16, which to me sounds like a, a just a massive cluster F. It's an absolute cluster, right? Like, But it's going to be must-watch. Like In the same way that the MLB doesn't get that people are going to watch anything, Like the NHL is going to put a product on the ice, and people are just going to be locked into it. And, I mean, it, it it's going to be a mess. 24 teams trying to win a Stanley Cup. But um, I think this is the time to get creative. Like, if you're thinking about a new playoff format, thinking about changing something, and I know, like, there's been discussions in, like, the NBA about it. Like, try something, and we're going to watch it. And, like, I'd be down if they combined the six teams that didn't make the playoffs and combined them into, like, a shit star team and threw them in the playoffs and saw what happens. I'd be about it. All right. Yeah. 
I see that you were uh, talking about the Blue Jackets, 100 to 1 odds. Are those updated? Yeah, they just came out yesterday when they announced the playoff format. 100 to 1 odds doing it. And they would be in the playoffs? How many NHL teams are there? 30? There's 30. Yeah, but I think they're like a 12 seed, like to use an NCAA bracket analogy, that had to play a play-in game. Okay. Like they get into the tournament, so they would be like that 12 seed winning the whole thing. 100 to 1. Yeah, a lot of eights always make runs and shit, though, but I don't know. That's crazy. Good shit, though. That's a Robbie Robbie Law lock, 100 to 1. Put your life savings on it, (laughs) and then we can buy a bar. Yeah, I like it, like you said, experiment with the format. That's why I'm excited. I'm not a huge NHL guy, but uh, 24 teams does interest me. And stuff like more related to the NBA where, you know, they're potentially going to Orlando. Uh, Not having the music in the background of the stadiums, which I've always felt is just overly aggressive and over, you know, like stimuli. Like don't need all that shit. So if you boil it down and it feels a little bit more like a summer league game, you could – it's probably not going to morph all the way into that, but you could use elements of that into the future. So I'm excited for that just in terms of all sports and who knows what will come out with that from that, you know, mm-hmm. hear that number six, last one of the pick six. And this is something I regrettably talk about, but you know, we're honest on this podcast for the most part. And uh, so I was driving through quickly driving through Pennsylvania this Memorial day weekend we wanted to throw some units on Tiger's matchup, which we did end up winning some units there. And driving back from Pennsylvania, there's not a lot to bet on, as we both know. I threw a little cash on uh, – we can say cash here because it's legally being bet in Pennsylvania. Right. You threw cash. We won cash on the Tiger Woods. Yeah, I won forty-seven twenty-eight in cash. <laughs> So not a ton, but we threw a little bit and then I bet on NASCAR because that was the only thing else on that night or anything. You know, I'm not betting on ping pong. I could give a shit. So I started watching this NASCAR race. I bet on this dude, Truex. He's like minus or plus 400 at the time. He's winning the race because it's very early on. It gets the lap 550 of 60, which or 600. Like why the hell are there 600 laps? But He's mm. minus 400 at this time. So I'm counting my money. I'm all right. All right. You know, 50 laps to go, minus 400. Anyway, 20 laps later, he takes a pit stop. His pit crew, I guess, just Fs up the car. The two back tires are all screwed up. So he goes from minus 400 to plus 700 in 20 laps somehow, which seems totally absurd. But then the end of the race, it's flap 598. And there's this guy towards the way back where his tire is rubbing against the back end of the car. And then there's a caution. And this dude that's supposed to win the race pit stops and everyone pit stops. And then they wrap, they race two more laps and it's over and some random dude wins. And it was like the worst experience I've ever had watching a sport. And now retelling it, I can tell how boring it is. Like right. my description of that is so much better than me watching that. So you're welcome. Yeah. I think what this segment needs to turn into, like when sports gambling starts up is that we just come on and have like a little therapy session about all our dumb bets. Cause you just need to get that off your chest. That was way and happy. And I'm here. I'm happy we're here for it. Uh, everyone's two minutes and I'm sorry. Maybe I'll cut that up in the post-production because yeah, I, I, we got to move on from that. I'm sorry. Losing money on NASCAR. What, what does life come to anything else there, Robbie? No, that was a good one, dude. All right, self-involved segment. We run the numbers live on this show. 
I checked earlier today, but you never know. Maybe they trickle in. Mm-hmm. Rob, what do you think we pulled last week? I mean, I think with the Gary bump, I know he was texting people. Uh, we're getting that Western PA market locked down. I'm going 72 listens. Dude, right on the money. 72. What do we win? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, it's like the price is right. Um, 72 plays. I think last week we were at 62, and 72 is our second highest ever behind uh, the debut of Gary, um, which currently has 93 plays. Do you want to dig into any other stats? I got some. Do you want to know how many people on Spotify listen versus uh, Apple? Yeah, let me know our Spotify guys. Our Spotify is 62%. Apple Podcast is 33%. Other is five. Five. Okay. That's good to know. I don't know what I'm going to do with that information, but I got it. It's two-thirds Spotify right now. So shout out Spotify. We're in contract talks with them right now. 83% male, which is a little bit lower than I expected, actually. So shout out all our female listeners. We love you guys. All right. Marketing ideas to increase these numbers. We're never satisfied. Rob, do you have any of this week? Uh, no, I don't have anything. I did, uh, a supporter of the podcast is sending me a uh, hundred stickers to stamp on something. So if you want a greasy podcast sticker on something, let me know. And I'll personally put it on there for you. Like, we don't want you to put this in like a little bin. We're putting it on something. Yeah. What about like stop signs? Is that fine? Do you think like put it on like street signs? Yeah, for sure. I'm going to do that. That's got to be a misdemeanor, right? All right. I have a couple marketing ideas. Mine are, so right now it's the Greasy Pod presented by Fantasy or Perry Fantasy Sports. And to me, we can change that name, basically like who is the host of the podcast. So my idea is to take someone like Barstool, or obviously like a huge podcast provider and do like the most common misspelling of that. So it'd be Greasy and then our you know, provider would be Barstool with like two L's instead of two O's. Or get rid of the O's or something like that. Yeah. Because I'm a big guy when you're, I don't know if you're this way on your phone. When I type on my phone, especially when I'm typing in like a URL or something, I always hit the period accidentally instead of the space. Yeah. We'll take some cheap lessons for sure. You know what I mean? Accidentally clicks on it. Yeah. And then my other thing was road signs off of highways. You know, I didn't realize that you have to pay for these, which makes sense. Um, But some have like attractions, mm-hmm. you know, and so we could pop up a shop if you can pay the rent and it will say attractions. It'll just say greasy on, you know, the blue sign on the highway. Wow. I like those. I've always loved those as a kid, like finding out, is there a sheets there? Is there a marathon? I'm all about it. Let's stick the greasy up there. Think of how much weight on the, has been on your life on some of those signs, you know, are they going to have bathrooms that I can actually take a shit in? We'll find out. In, you know, All right. If you're road tripping, yeah, it's like, hey, we got to gamble. Hopefully there's some gas at the next one and it's shitter, right? Like that's all you can hope for. If there's some Skittles, I'll take it. Yeah, all right. Perfect. All right. That's self-involved segment. 72 plays. Uh, we'll take it. We don't have 72 friends. So somebody that we don't know is listening. We appreciate the shit out of you. All right. Film School Hard Knocks. We got a f- couple things to cover here. Uh Uncut Gems was our unofficial movie of the week. Rob has yet to watch a greasy movie of the week. Did that change this week? Uh, I did watch Uncut Gems. Yeah, for the first time I did. Um, uh, I did a lot of movie viewing this week. Also watched a social network. I was getting chirped at online about that. So I have, uh, you know, some thoughts on that, too. Uncut Gems, I think uh, the consensus was uh, we talked to a couple friends. I was in the mid sixes 
for the movie. Thought it was really good. Didn't think it was anything like uh, award winning by any means. I gave it a 6.8. I don't regret watching it. And Sandler's performance was pretty, pretty great. But I also don't know how to judge actors. Um, um, but like, can we talk about it? Like, from, I no, I don't think it was Oscar worthy. But can we talk about this from a gambling perspective? And there's nothing more that pissed me off about that movie than getting a three a three bet parlay and starting with the opening tip, right? Like that's such a gamble that's so dumb. And I think it maybe speaks to like the degeneracy of him, but like you can't even enjoy any of that, right? Like, well, e- even parlaying that with the game result would not be possible in like every casino that I've been to, because you have essentially like a prop bet with. Uh, the line that just doesn't work like that no yeah they won't let it. that shit doesn't fly at erie bet america <laughs> yeah doesn't have that shit <laughs> right yeah all right well uncut gems we give it like an okay don't regret watching how about social network you're a little bit behind on that a few years late um did you actually do you feel like good that you watched it now uh, I feel good. It was definitely a good movie. I have like a, I don't, you know, accurate portrayal of Zuckerberg. I thought he was a piece of shit before the movie. Definitely think he's a piece of shit after the movie. So yeah. yeah. The Winkle bosses, man, they're probably still like fired up about that shit, you know? Right. Oh, they're, yeah. They're holding their putt in their hand. is all pissed off for sure. <laughs> uh, and I guess it was one actor that played both Winkle bosses. Oh, really? I That's guess. So. so it's like somebody some Lindsay Lohan uh, parent trap shit. Yeah, which seems like a lot of effort, you know. <laughs> yeah. What are you watching this week, Robbie? Uh, well, HBO Max just came out, and I got the hookup on a password, so I'm interested to dive into what's going on on HBO Max. HBO. Yeah, AT and T. I do own some shares of AT and T stock, so full disclaimer. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm interested to dive into that. Still working on Avatar: The Last Airbender. This is the last time I'm going to shout it out. Jump on board. It was number two in the United States yesterday for trending on Netflix. It's absolutely phenomenal. Great. Um, what was I going to comment on there? I forget. Anyway, uh, some new releases that I wanted to get to here. Space Force. I, I think I'm a one episode. Give it the pilot and see if it's good. Uh, mm-hmm. Steve Carell. Ben Schwartz is in it, who I who I enjoy. That comes out on Friday. Bad News Bears, which I only included that because I figured that's a movie that you like with uh, Billy Bob Thornton. Is that one or not really? Okay. I mean, it's baseball related, so I'll watch okay. it. But Another, uh, I, I did some digging on these this week. Central Park, which comes out on Apple TV on Friday for all my cartoon boys, which I got a lot of flack for last week, is mm-hmm. made by one of the makers of Bob's Burgers. And it looks very identical, even the like illustration and everything. So Yeah, the animation did look super similar. I saw the preview for that, yeah. Spelling the Dream, I'm interested, next Wednesday. So maybe that'll be the greasy movie of the week. It's a documentary about uh, all the kids in the uh, National Spelling Bee and like just the rigor it takes to be that great of a speller. Like There's even a six-year-old that's smarter than you and I combined, and he's just like ripping through words. And then I know nerd. you are a big <laughs> nerd, nerd, yeah. Uh, Fuller House season finale. I, I didn't write down one day that starts, but I know you're a big Fuller House guy, so. Uh, I'm not, and I'm not watching it. All right, you ready for Project Greasy Light? I'm ready. Let's jump into it. So this is a this is a serious tone this week. I know we've kind of been all over the place, and this is actually a movie I do think that should be made, but it was already picked up by A24 Films, so I pitched them. A24 is a very popular um, 
film production studio, I guess you could say, these days. So I pitched it to them. They already picked it up. So I'm just doing They're the shit. Uncut Gems people. They're mid-summer, you know. Yeah, did a ton of shit. But um, I'm just doing Shrub Studios since they've been with me since day one. I'm doing them a favor. Maybe we'll cut them a check. We'll make Robbie Law a, an executive producer. So my oh, wow. thought here, and this is because watching The Last Dance – um, we've talked about, you know, kind of researching older players. And, and part of this is born out of ignorance as I don't know a whole lot about the 50s, 60s, 70s of the NBA, but I am increasingly more interested in that side of things as time progresses. So I learned about this guy named Maurice Stokes, right? And he was the number two overall pick in the 1955 NBA draft. So people that really know NBA history would be like, how did you not know about him? Well, I'd say nine tenths of the people that are listening to this don't know who he is. Anyway, so he's drafted number two overall by the Rochester Royals, who later become the Cincinnati Royals in 1957. He wins Rookie of the Year, 16 boards a game, 16 points. Great player in his first three years, kind of bound to be a Hall of Famer. In the last game of the 1958 regular season, he drives to the bucket, draws contact, hits his head on the floor. Damn. But he plays in the playoff game that three days later. On the flight home to Cincinnati, he becomes ill. He has a seizure and is rushed to the hospital, and he's permanently paralyzed. What a crazy story, right? Right. So he loses his motor control, but he's mentally alert. And in the years following, he's cared for by his teammate named Jack Wyman, who becomes his legal guardian. And he organizes a basketball game for his expenses. He teaches how to communicate with his eyes and all this stuff. The stories go on and on. You can get all this from a Wikipedia page. Um he eventually gained some speaking ability is what I read in one of the articles. And uh, he, his health eventually begins to deteriorate and he dies at the age of 36. But the story really is about this Jack Wyman guy and his love for Marie Stokes and how that relationship is built over a couple years after this horrific accident happened. So there's some really inspirational nuggets in there. Um, and then the NBA actually named a teammate award for these two guys in 2012. Uh, I think most recently won by Mike Conley. And uh, so the story is just fantastic. And they actually made a movie about it in 1973 that you can find on YouTube. But it just doesn't hold. I mean, as you can imagine, right. 1973, the visuals and just kind of the storytelling don't hold up. But in terms of if you think about sports movies and what is made out of sports movie, that is just the greatest plot of all time no it sounds great it sounds like a great guy cry film you know you know it's like a rudy it's a brian song it's all those things you know the teammate the camaraderie um and just having love for your fellow bro it sounds yeah i think you'd get guys in flocks especially with a24 they do a lot of great stuff shrub studios just isn't at that caliber so i'm glad they picked that up yeah I'm happy to, but yeah, I, I, in all honesty, I think that movie should be made in some capacity or redone, even though it exists. If you're really interested in the story, it is on YouTube, so you can check it out. But speaking of history, though, mm-hmm. we have a new segment we are debuting, and this is called Know Your History with Rob Law. So I think we added this to kind of add some, I don't know, so you could take something away from this show. So Robbie, I'll give you the floor here. Yeah. And I guess like in the same way of, you know, the project Greasy Light, if you don't know this story, I'm sure a lot of people are going to hear this and be like, no, duh. Like that's a common thing, especially in the sporting world. People have picked this up. Uh, People that have known me for the last few years have heard me say this in a different context. Um, But okay, here's a little bit backstory around the expression burn the ships. 
So if you ever heard burn the ships, this is what it's about. So Hernan Cortez in 1519 lands in Mexico, right? With roughly like 600 dudes to take down an empire that has been around for centuries. He's going after the Aztec. This thing is legit. There's people all over the place. You have an infrastructure, unbelievable empire that they built in Mexico. And there's some hesitation among the 600 dudes that he brought. Like, they don't want to be there. Like, they're like, we have some horses, we have some armor, but we're going to get killed. Like, this is going to be bad. So Cortez, sensing the hesitation amongst his followers, thinking that they might want to have a mutiny and turn back home, go back to Cuba where they were stationed, he decides that he's going to burn the ships. He said, there's no way back. You guys can't go now. The only way to ever get home and go see your loved ones is that if we win the whole damn thing, right? Like, we go take down the Aztecs and we, we overcome the empire. Honestly, it's a dumb idea by Cortez. I mean, he had a lot of things going for him. And you can look in the context. Like, they thought he was like a mythical god that was there to take down the empire. So they kind of just like backed off and everything. Bad idea by Cortez, but definitely applicable to sports, right? Like, you're in the championship game. You're down two. You give the burn the ship stock. There's no fucking turning back, boys. We got to go win this thing. No backing down. No regrets, right? And I've used it more colloquially in bachelor parties, right? Like, Last time, last night, everyone's dead. Nobody wants to do anything. You've been boozing for 32 hours, but it's your last night together with the boys. It's your buddy's last night as a single guy, right? Hypothetically, great time to fire up, burn the ship speech, make sure no one can turn back, get everyone out of the house and go party. Yeah. I love that just for like a three word phrase. It's just fantastic. Imagine that like your JV football game and your coach in 2007 pops it in the VHS player and there's some I don't know if this has ever been made into a movie but it should be where he burns the ships like a 300 style movie how pumped you would be running out on that field so there's so many uses for it so I appreciate that share that's fantastic there is a, a movie about a softball team a professional softball team that is titled burn the ships um, and and I, I don't remember, I, I listened to the headline, right? But like, I think the idea is that the league was folding and they had one last go at it to try to win the ship, right? You know, so burn the ships. So the greasy pot is going to take over the burn the ships hashtag. And then we also have uh, hashtag playing for the tie. Those are our two things right now, which I... We're diversifying, right? Yeah. Um, also, if you have any history thing that you want to hear about, I'll do the research. If you have a question about anything, I like diving into the stuff, just like you like diving into the, uh, the basketball story. I'll do it. I love the Cleveland focus. If you got a Cleveland question, I know a little bit about it. I'd like to learn more. So throw it out there and we can educate ourselves. Do we know if that story is true though? Who knows? I think who knows? You can tell any story after you win. Did they all get murdered? No, I mean, they took down the Aztec empire. Oh, they did. I mean, okay. Yeah, they won. Mm, okay cool burn the ships love it one of the legend store legendary i was at that bachelor party it was the crew was just ready to roll man you they would have ran through a wall for rob all right questions from the fans first one we got five today uh barry s from chicago shout out chicago what up uh just so you know windy city they say just so you know celebrity family feud not food is coming back this sunday with the guys from queer eye uh, so that must be the premier cast. We've seen the Kardashians and Kanye on the show a bunch of times and A-list celebrities. In a dream scenario, who would the Greasy Boys like to see on the show? Hmm. Uh, not to get too political, but I'd love to see the Clintons versus Trump. I'd love to see uh, get some of the, you know, Jared Kushner out there, get Chelsea Clinton out there. I think it would be awesome. They would be so bad. 
right? There's an expression in like politics is like, does your, uh, does your representative know the price of milk? And like, it's just saying like, are they in touch with the comic people? These people have no fucking clue. What's going on, right? <laughs> the last time Donald Trump bought a gallon of milk. I love to see it. He'd be like 90 cents. Um, I also had the Trumps down, but I had the Trumps versus the legends, which legends would be like John legend and Chrissy Teigen, because they've had a well-known beef, Chrissy Teigen and, uh, <laughs> that sounds so weird to say. And our president, <laughs> Donald Trump. Yeah. <laughs> um, and she's just so far out there. And then you also have like the sex appeal. So Chrissy Teigen, SI swimsuit model. You got John Legend, who I think was named sexiest man of the year, like this year or last. And then Ivanka Trump is kind of a baddie, you know, like by her own dad's admission has called her hot, you know. So right. Yeah. You got the, you know, and then you also got Donald, who's kind of a, you know, a stud muffin himself. He's definitely got a muffin thing going. Yeah. I, and it's okay that we can say Ivanka Trump is a, is I think you used baddie because her dad said it. So it's okay. And then the other one I had was a little bit of a cheap shot, which was the Rogers. So Aaron Rogers family mm. versus Michael Jordan's family. But Aaron obviously wouldn't be there, but his brother who was on the bachelor at would be there. No, we Aaron would have to be there. That's what I'm asking for. Yeah, so it's a little bit of a cheap shot. Now I'm digging into the family stuff. I regret even saying that. But maybe Family Feud would bring it back. The feud oh. would turn into a not you know, feud. It's enough us versus them kind of thing. They burn yeah, the ships yeah. one last time. They get the crew together. I love it. That does kind of pain my soul. I wonder what actually is the, the, the difference in them not talking to each other. That sucks. Aaron, reach out to us. Maybe we can talk it through. All right, number two on questions from the fans, and this is from an anonymous texter. Great question here. He says, in my opinion, I saved my wife from a big mistake this past week as far as fashion goes, Adidas shoes with a Nike outfit. I'm not a big fashion guy or anything, but this is a huge no-no in my book. How do you guys feel about mixed brands slash logos? Man, I, I know this is going to hurt. We have a group of Nike guys, and like anytime they go golfing, they got like their Nike polos and Nike hats. But if they're not sponsoring me and they're not giving me this shit, I'm mixed matching, right? I'll wear my New Balance and Nikes. You know what I mean? I'll, I'll mix all that stuff. I think it, honestly, and this is my personal preference, I think it looks terrible when you have like the Adidas pants on and then you got Adidas shoes on with the three stripes. Like you're not going to play fucking footy. You know what I mean? You're not going to meet up with your boys on the pitch. You don't need like the branded clothing. If they're not paying for it, I'm not wearing it. Wow. I do like the matching. So especially if I'm golfing or something, I don't think it's an absolute must because I just don't have the wardrobe to support the standard logo across everything. But I do think it looks better. Like you said, though, if it's so branded out, it looks like shit. So that's why you hop over to Marshall's, uh, not a sponsor of the show, but uh, or TJ Maxx. I think they're owned by the same company. Yeah. Home goods. Exactly. You get you get unbranded bullshit you know right you get that uh what i don't even know what brands they have they're always so random as hell yeah just trunk fit yeah i think that's a brand of shorts i got from that yeah you get unbranded stuff i think it's weird to wear branded like i will say that nike looks exponentially better than like under armor you know what i mean i'm not wearing under armor shoes like if you're wearing under armor polo and under armor shoes like you're 55 and white yeah, I'm turning around right now, Rob. You can see me on the Skype call because I know I have Marshall shorts on, and they are Layer Eight. That's the brand. Good it has brand. Eight, eight Good logo brand. on the left left uh, uh, leg. The so, Greasy Boys would wear exclusively Layer Eight 
brand of clothing if they you know send us some yeah, we're, we're thirsty this week get us those sponsorships third question on the cues from the f's aj from pa says if you have ten dollars for dinner where are you going and what are you getting Oh, man, this is a no brainer for me, really. I think anybody that knows me is going to know exactly what I'm going to say. AJ, download the Burger King app, get the coupons, go to Burger King. You can eat for three days off $10. I'm getting the double Whopper meal. You get two Junior junior Whoppers, two onion rings. Uh, I think that's it for like $4, right? You can live off that for a little bit. AJ, go to Burger King. It's a no brainer, bub. Okay. That's a, I don't think I'm going to beat that um i typically would say like chipotle on a national scale but i get sick of that sometimes locally i'd say swenson's that's just my spot but you can't you're not gonna pound that on a tuesday uh so i'll rock with your burger i'll rock with your burger king for the price yeah and i'm a big swenson's guy but that can get out of hand too right like you you throw a, a milkshake in there and then you're paying 18 bucks like I'm a big Swenson's guy, shout out Akron, but you never know. Mm-hmm. And I didn't almost didn't want to mention this because I support the Rhinos, but I did go to Jimmy John's today for the first time in years. Mm-hmm. Um, it was only because the Chipotle next door didn't allow you to walk in, and I got a decent sized sub for five fifty. I'm like, that's a pretty good lunch. Like it's a nice little fresh mm-hmm. lunch, you know? Right? You, you go Turkey Tom, or, uh, like a Vita or something. A little, you know, I like the little oil sauce you know all that shit the veto you get the peppers on it <laughs> no it didn't i love oh my god sauce. that's a rookie yeah, we gotta gotta, talk after the pot. yeah you gotta get the four peppers on there yeah they don't sponsor us and we support the rhinos we gotta make sure that's out there yeah support the rhinos all right this one's from Devin. have you guys noticed ice cream lines are out of control these days anyway what's your favorite ice cream based treat wow ice cream based treat i went like a very specific one here I went with the banana milkshake from Tommy's in Coventry. Little Cleveland Heights, shout out local, little vegan shop over in Coventry. Absolutely electric banana milkshake. Mine, uh, like specifically, is a cookie dough blizzard or cookie dough. I think they call them concrete at uh, East Coast Custard, which Ooh, okay. yep. is fantastic. It's thicker, you know, custard, I guess. Um, but I go with a cookie dough blizzard just about anywhere. I like it loaded though. I want like half cookie dough, half ice cream, mm-hmm. 2000 calories. Let's go and type of shit, you know? Yeah. And when do you stop eating? Do you stop when you're full or when you, uh, you know what I mean? When you like can't physically eat anymore. I don't think there's ever been a time where I don't finish a blizzard. Wow. Blizzards. I ought you know, and usually when you get ice cream, it's after a meal and you're already full. Mm-hmm. I will get a large blizzard and absolutely hundred percent finish it. There's no doubt in my mind respect that i respect that a lot yeah yeah but these a large blizzard you know you're talking about 10 bucks for dinner that's cutting into seven of it right you're getting a hot dog a little grill and chill all right last one amber from ohio says dj and rob when it comes to movies oh, we should have put this in the uh the film school hard knock segment my husband always suggests watching portions at a time we put the kids to bed and then squeeze in an hour here an hour there i hate this and won't give into his ridiculousness what are your thoughts yeah i'm i'm with you i hate breaking movies up i think i'm a self-proclaimed not a movie guy and then like the like the motivation it takes me to start a movie i need to wrap it up then or i'm not coming back to it yeah um you know so i need to sit down and watch the whole thing i'm with the amber I almost, I found myself doing it a little bit more now than before. Like I did it with Uncut Gems. Um, 
I just wanted to go for a run because I felt like shit and it was a Sunday. You know, sometimes you just get anxious. I usually won't. I think that's the like why Quibi exists. You know, you get these little burst, bursts in. Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of Quibi, have you watched anything on there? No, I don't watch anything on my phone. I don't yeah, I don't. I don't know what that's that platform is going to do. Anyway, I would say you should not make it the norm because it's not the optimal mu- movie viewing experience. Now with kids, I don't have them, so I don't have to know. I don't know how much time you have. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's uncharted territory for us. But if you can sit down and watch the movie, I will say these days, the one thing I for sure am doing than ever before is quitting on movies. So I'll give it like 25 minutes and say, this is crap. And I'll just, yeah, I think that's fair. You know, with so many options out there, you got to like draw the line somewhere. There's something better. You can't be watching. Yeah. I agree with that. Those are the questions from the fans. Rob, you got anything else? No, that's it, dude. Well, we appreciate your time this week. Those shirts we talked about them last week, Pocket Tees, ordering those this weekend. We got quite a few orders in, so hit me up, Venmo, uh, text me. We'll work it out. Give me a call, whatever. Special shout-out to the show. Shout-out Kate Bach, Kevin Love, always repping Cleveland and Instagram posts. Love them. Locks Bros, big fans of the show, and uh, Cream Savers. We miss you. Wow. I haven't thought about Cream Savers in a while. See you next Thursday.